Did you ever hear about the buying and selling of lawsuits? It's called litigation finance, and it's a decades-old practice that's booming. Plaintiffs' lawyers usually get paid a contingency fee, a percentage of the trial or a settlement award. That means they only get paid if they win. So how do firms without deep pockets finance the expensive costs of litigating cases to trial? Sometimes by selling an interest in the potential recoveries to third parties in return for financing. Paul Barrett, Bloomberg Business Week editor, has written about the thriving business of litigation finance, including the first time a law firm and funder have gone public about the existence of such a portfolio investment arrangement. Thanks for being here, Paul. So tell us about Pierce Serginian. Right. This is a new small firm in Los Angeles uh, that's a spinoff from the uh, very well-known litigation uh, powerhouse Quinn Emanuel. And this firm has uh, publicly uh, let it be known that it has litigation finance for its entire portfolio of contingency fee cases. Uh, It's an illustration of how uh, litigation finance is working its way into the mainstream uh, of American legal practice. Well, generally, and certainly until now, law firms have been very reluctant to acknowledge that they have this kind of financing, although people have known that it existed. Right. What is this firm's thinking in going public with it? I think they um, want to sort of embrace the controversy around litigation finance and let their opponents know uh, that they have millions of dollars at their disposal uh, to uh, fight the lawsuits that they've that they've filed. And in that way, I think they hope to gain a strategic advantage. But it's also crucial to emphasize that litigation finance is operating on the corporate side uh, of litigation as well. It's not just uh, a way of financing plaintiffs' lawsuits. Um, Large global law firms are also uh, increasingly involved with litigation finance. So, Paul, is this just for law firms who need the financing to keep up their caseload, or do firms who could finance their own cases use it to spread around the risk of litigation or corporate dealings? Yeah. On the, uh, on the corporate law firm side, I think it's more the latter. It's a situation where firms that otherwise are well off are in a position to say to their uh, clients, Look, you've got a lawsuit that you're not sure you want to spend a lot of money on to to file, but we can we can finance it through litigation finance, and that'll allow you basically to take the lawsuit off the shelf and put it in into action. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's more the model. So is this in some ways, at least on the corporate side, is this in some ways a reaction to the trend in in the legal arena that? clients don't want to pay the kinds of fees that law firms are charging? Is that to some degree what's driving this on the corporate side? I think it's more a realization that litigation can be financed the way other corporate assets can be financed. That, uh, for example, a company may have several potential uh, intellectual property uh, cases that it could bring against foes, patent cases, what have you, Um, but they're not sure they want to spend the millions of dollars it takes just to get those cases going. Well, if they can finance it, if they can can find someone else to, as you said, share the risk, um, then they they might take those cases and say to their law firm, go ahead and file it. You write that Burford Capital is the titan of finance litigation. Tell us a little bit about their investments. Yeah, well, Burford Capital is engaged in uh, quite large investments where they, they, they've uh, confirmed publicly that they've invested $100 million with one global law firm, $50 million uh, with another global law firm. And these are uh, 
uh, investments that will uh, basically galvanize a whole series of cases that those law firms are bringing. So it, it is a, a fascinating situation where you have certain corporate interests, like, for example, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, that are very much opposed to litigation finance, saying uh, that it uh, pays for more litigation. And th- But you've then got large corporate law firms representing the very constituents of the Chamber of Commerce engaging in this practice. Given that this is all becoming public now in a way that it hasn't been before, Paul, is do we do you have any sense of how big a universe of money we're talking about in terms of litigation financing? Because a lot of it is still done uh, pro- confidentially, uh, there is no hard number. But the activities of Burford give you some sense of what the market might be like. Uh, Burford uh, invested. Uh, in litigation in just in 2016, uh, something like $380 million just in the one year. And the company has overall more than $2 billion that are either invested in uh, litigation or available to be invested in litigation. And that's one firm we're talking about. There are dozens of these kinds of firms. Burford, to be sure, is the largest of its kind, but that gives you a sense of the order of magnitude. We're talking about billions of dollars that are now invested in this a sort of alternative finance category called litigation finance. Paul, the opponents of litigation finance say that this kind of funding increases the volume of expensive and sometimes questionable lawsuits. Do they have a point? Well, in, in my opinion, uh, I think it's logic would dictate that litigation finance must be seeding um, more lawsuits. I mean, if, if, if it's certainly not causing lawsuits to go away, it's almost impossible in my mind to argue that it's being neutral. The point is, is that there are lawsuits that wouldn't otherwise uh, be tried that now are being tried, whether those lawsuits are a corporate patent case or a, a plaintiff's case of some sort. Now, on the question of whether lawsuits are frivolous or not, that's very much uh, you know in the eye of the beholder. So I think that people who are engaged in litigation finance would say that their financiers are not interested in investing in, in frivolous cases, um, but the foes of this whole practice, such as the Chamber of Commerce, as I mentioned, um, do say that this leads to dubious litigation. Well, this sounds a bit like litigation financing is kind of a niche structure in a way and that the you know you've got firms that specialize in it and that's who's doing it it should we expect as this goes public that you're going to see more and more sort of banks getting involved in this kind of financing i, I yeah i think the 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 right comparison is is to hedge funds more more than more than banks and i think the firms probably benefit from being relatively small and relatively nimble. I don't, so I don't think this is something that's going to be industrialized at any time soon. I think you use the word niche, and I think that's very that's very apt. I think you, you can compare litigation finance firms to hedge funds, and just as in the hedge fund world, you range from small to, to large, you're, you're going to see the same type of variety, but I don't think it's going to get to the point of uh, where you know J.P. Morgan Chase is going to be competing against Burford Capital in in this very specialized form of finance. It's really a fascinating article. Thank you so much. As always, it's a pleasure to have you on Bloomberg Law. That's Bloomberg Business Week editor Paul Barrett.